Alrighty, guys, we are a little bit late to post this. Um, we, yeah, I'm not even going to give an excuse. We're just late to post it, but we are doing a first-round recap. Our thoughts, um, whatever. We're not, we don't even have a structure to this video. We're just going to go ahead and do it. So we're just going to break down by position first, then we'll go into best picks, worst picks. So Joe Burrow, Tua, Justin Herbert, and Jordan Love. Pretty chalky as to what quarterbacks go in round one. Pretty chalky on landing spots up until Jordan Love. So we're just going to start off. Um, are you still keeping Tua as your QB1, Tyler? I know you, me and you had him as our, as our QB1 um, coming into it. Not moving. And that's solely based on the fact that this is exactly what I was chalking as it was. So it's like, why I'm not going to adjust my rankings because this is how it fell. This is how I expected it to fall. It happened. So rankings are not moving. Tua is still the better quarterback situation-wise. He's a better quarterback because even if the Dolphins – personnel-wise isn't as good, at least on the offensive end, as, as the Bengals, because I'll be honest, they have a good receiving core, and they have a young line as well. Uh, I still take Brian Flores um, instead of an unproven Zach Taylor, I, I would say about 8 out of 10 times. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be pretty much a toss-up in the air. To me, what's probably going to happen is I'm going to take the cheapest one. If it comes to that in rookie drafts, I'll try and move down if someone wants to move up. But yeah, two is still staying at my one. I mean, I projected him to go there or the Jags. Either way, that's still a fantasy landmine. I mean, we see that with Gardner Minshew, how he was good in fantasy last year just due to negative game script and the team's passing attack. So, yeah, I think that we got the landing spots that everyone wanted um, in terms of, like, best possible spot you could think of. But I think that either way, my rankings still stay the same. With Jordan Love, however, I want to touch on him. The landing spot is good in terms of if you're just thinking strictly fantasy – but Rodgers is not an unrestricted free agent until 2024. So I I don't know how to approach this because I feel like I think we're going to see obviously today's day two of the draft. I think we're going to see four quarterbacks today. I think Gordon's going to come on to the end of the third. I think we're going to see four quarterbacks. Me too. Good. I'm glad th- we agree on that. I, th- I think that all four I'm going to have to have higher than Jordan Love. So before the comp, because we were just basing it off talent, I had – Hurts and Easton above of love, above love, and I think it's going to stay like that no matter where they go. Because I mean, if you're strictly making the rankings based off how their dynasty value is starting, we'll say Sunday, starting when you maybe start your rookie drafts, you can't take Jordan Love ahead of we'll just say X landing spot because he, on paper he's not starting until 2025. So I want to hear your thoughts on kind of that pick, maybe how you think it plays out for dynasty. Well, I mean, we've, we've seen this before with Green Bay where, where they go out and just draft a quarterback that's eventually going to replace, but it, it kind of threw me off because I'm, I'm like, again, like you said, there's, there's still a while before Rodgers is out. Now, I don't really think they're they're going to cash. Just, I don't think they're just going to dump him because why? Why would he do that? You know, and, and that would be more in two years. But it's smart. They did get into a quarterback you have to develop, so, you know, I'll give them that. Um, but... I mean, can we look at it like <clears throat> now? I I'm gonna quickly say this: he's not Mahomes. He's not Mahomes at all. Uh, if you want to compare a quarterback to Mahomes, at least in the slightest bit, I would say Anthony Gordon in this class. But let me just clarify that first. Um, you kind of look at it like, okay, who had a big contract, who drafted a young quarterback, and then very quickly made that turnover and turned into that that quarterback. And you look at the Chiefs when they had Alex Smith, and they had. Uh, Patrick Mahomes being drafted, so they waited a year, and then they realized, you know what? It, it, we let's go, let's go, let's put our faith in this kid. Uh, they moved off of Alex Smith. I think there's a team that would take Rodgers. Um, I don't really think you have to dump him, but 
I, I, I think it'd be harder to get rid of Aaron Rodgers than it was to get rid of Alex Smith at the time. So it's interesting. I don't think he'll be there uh, through that contract, but I still think he'll be there for a very large chunk of it. So it, it's intriguing. Again, like you said, uh, fantasy-wise right now, he won't be starting at all. Uh, he won't be starting next year either. I'm, I'll lock that in now, and, and I'll, I'll take the hit if he doesn't. Um, but, yeah, no, any starting, any quarterback that comes out um, and goes to a team like the Steelers, Patriots, Saints, I'm taking them because I know guaranteed they're probably going to start the next year or in Patriots situation could literally win the job this year. So that's the guys I'm looking for. Love's falling down the board, but his situation was really good. So it's kind of a double-sided coin there. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, like, I'm all for trading up and getting your guy, but when Patrick Queen's there – that that's where I think it was a bad pick because I had them taking Jordan yeah. Brooks because I didn't think Patrick Queen was going to be there at their pick anyways. But if, I mean, it's their board, so I don't know. But I mean, I don't mind the pick at all. We'll see how that plays out um, with, I mean, listen, Rodgers needs a little, I think a little competition. I think he got a little too comfortable these last couple of years and started to point the blame at other places, say we need weapons around him. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, we'll move into the, the running back. The, the one singular running back, the Chiefs taking Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I know we, we've touched on it many times before. I, I said that Clyde Edwards-Alaire will be the first running back off the board because he is what teams are looking for. Prior to free agency, I would have said that it was Swift or JT because there's a lot of holes in terms of running back free agents. Teams needed a starter. Every single team filled that, at least that first and second down grinder, like the Dolphins, the main spot. The Dolphins aren't going to take Jonathan Taylor because they have Jordan Howard. It just doesn't make sense. They're going to take a DeAndre Swift or something today like that, or Cam Akers, maybe a, maybe a Clyde edwards helaire not anymore, maybe an Eno Benjamin. But now you look at the Chiefs. One, this means they're bought in the Damian Williams, for sure. They're going to roll him for two more years. And then two, this means that they're just trying to add another pass-catching weapon. I know you don't like Clyde edwards helaire pass-blocking, um, talent, you could say, pass blocking skill. But to me, this is like literally the best possible landing spot for him because yeah. they can they can move him all over the field. Sammy Watkins is still on the team, but he's had rumors of just like being done with football. He could easily just retire this year. I know they restructured his contract. But if you can move in Alaire as your sort of safety third down weapon with um, McCole Hardman, Tyree Kill, and Demarcus Robinson, like I think it's perfect. Um, I want to hear your thoughts. Obviously, we don't know the, the landing spots as of now, but is there a landing spot that you'd think that he would not be a running back one or kind of where are your thoughts at for him right now? Uh, Swift or Taylor? Well, like, so, so is a layer, like, is that like the best possible, like, is a layer going to be your RB one, no matter what happens today and tomorrow, or is there kind of some room to maneuver? No, I say, and this is a situation I've just fallen in love with, uh, Taylor to the Steelers. That's a perfect system for him. Heavy running, um, big line that, that's going to protect you. Um, I really love Taylor to uh, to the Steelers. That's, a, that's an absolute power move for them. Um, I mean, it's weird because I saw in the draft that there was a few teams that weren't establishing needs that I thought was, like, obvious and glaring for them um, when there was great players available for them to establish that need. So I was kind of surprised with that. So I, I can't really guarantee that that a team may go get a running back when I think they need it. So I, I kind of just have to see how the landscape falls out. In, in the eyes of Hilaire, though, I think I'm going to I'm gonna say this. He's probably the most – he's the biggest beneficiary from this offense out of everyone on the team. He yeah. jumped 
he jumped efficiency by an entire yard last year uh, running the ball, which doesn't sound like much, but it really is when you're sitting around the fours. No, two yards. My apologies. Two yards he jumped it by uh, on average, which is huge. So we went from being very inefficient on the ground uh, to, wow, now all these holes are wide open. The passing just just made that happen. That's just what's going to happen when your passing is that electric. You're throwing for that many yards. You're throwing for that many touchdowns. You're that effective as a quarterback, 75%. You're going to see running opportunities just widen up, and teams are going to give you that. They're just going to be like, you know what? Here, have it. So you, you basically got yourself that same offense when, when you go to Kansas City. Um, one thing that I do kind of find still a concern is if he's using the passing situation, because Joe Brady got to a point last year where if you watch the later games of LSU season, I mean, he, Hilaire would go like, three quarters, a full game without without pass blocking one time. I mean, because he's just not dependable on it. So if, if you want to at all depend on him to block, you better pull in Damian Williams. You better get in LaShawn McCoy because he's not going to be able to do it. I think this guy is, is just a souped-up slot receiver that, that can handle the, the rushing and, and make some moves in that. So that, that's kind of my, my stance on him coming in. But you know what? Give him to the Chiefs. The Chiefs will make something work of him. Uh, my opinions on him don't change because uh, I'm stubborn as fuck and I don't change anything. Um, so, honestly, good for them. They got a guy who could be effective for them, but I don't I don't see why you don't go for a guy like DeAndre Swift when he can actually block for you. Um, we'll see. We'll see where, where time takes it. I think, he's, I think he's a guy that could probably sit around 20 to 35 receptions because – there's still a lot of guys that are getting targets in this offense. People are going to forget that. People are going to be like, oh, he's a Chiefs running back. Well, it's not a running back. You're getting basically a wide receiver that can take a couple handoffs in a game. That's what you're getting. Damian Williams is still going to be the core running back. I think if you have Damian Williams, you should be you should be okay with this because you kind of felt they were going to go with a running back as it was. Um, I genuinely believe Damian Williams is, is better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire right now. Uh, I really do. I think this is like a – kind of like a Carson Penny, let people buy up on the Penny uh, and actually go for the back that's going to win the offense. I love it. If you have a high rookie pick and you can move off of it for a shit ton because someone's like it's a Chiefs running back, do so. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think that to me it's going to boil down to do the Steelers approach the running back right away, which we'll, we'll see because I think there's a lot of value left that could help them on their defense, on their offense, receiver, whatever the case may be. Do the Dolphins approach the running back situation, which – I'm a big believer that they don't for a while just because I like the way that they're building the team. And I think the three picks they had, as well as people might not agree with the three picks, I think they're doing fine in what they're trying to do. So, yeah, I mean, I think we'll recap day two, obviously, and day three, and we'll have our rankings out next week. So I think that's definitely definitely a, a weird spot because I think that's going to – everyone kind of had their order of how they wanted, like, their top 12 to go come rookie drafts. And I think this shook it all up, even though I kind of expected it to um, sort of fall into place a little bit. All right, we'll move on to the receivers now. First off, Henry Ruggs and then Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb were the three that we knew were going to go probably the first three. I would, couldn't really see a reason why they wouldn't. Henry Ruggs goes to the Raiders. I mean, I I, I thought this was going to happen because the way to beat Tyree Kill, we say it all the time, is to have a Tyree Kill. I love the pick for the Raiders because they can still go get a guy like Chenault, Brian Edwards, Mims, Higgins, shoot, even like a Prochet, someone that can just be your target hog that can that can be efficient with it. So I love this pick for Ruggs. you got to go a talent like this early. Um, for fantasy, 
I don't know yet. To me, I think this boosts up everyone except for Ruggs. Because I don't really know a situation where Ruggs would have been like total elite wide receiver one. Because it's a receiver like that. Like you have like if you would have landed on the Chiefs, yeah, sure. Just because like he's gonna get he's he's gonna get less targets, but they're gonna be more efficient targets, but that's a whole nother conversation. So I think here to me, Ruggs is gonna see wide receiver two targets. Whether that's gonna turn into wide receiver two one numbers, we'll see. Cause I mean Derek Carr is very efficient non-downfield. You could look at the numbers last year. He was elite last year in the short game because this offense has a lot of quick movement timing routes. If they can use Henry Ruggs to be like the like how the Chiefs use Tyreek Hill, which everyone's going to be like, oh, a downfield stretcher. Not really. He just breaks the defense sometimes. Like they use him in the quick routes in the screen game. And then, yes, that's going to lead to downfield bombs because like you, you eventually have to run one. But if they can use him as basically like their gadget player, I love this. I don't know so much for fantasy, but more so for the Raiders in general. I think Darren Waller sees a boost, even though he was already going to be good. Because now they're going to have to worry about Garden Ruggs. Waller should see similar targets. I think Josh Jacobs sees a huge boost. Because I don't think they're going to stack the box anymore. Um, I don't remember how Jacobs exact number of what, how much they stack the box. But yeah, I think Ruggs here is fine. I, had, I tweeted out the vacated production from last year. So players that just left the team. I didn't account for him winning the job or anything yet. Um, but just vacated production is 15 targets for 57 yards and a touchdown. So obviously that's not like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited, but he's going to beat out Ty Tyrell Williams. He's going to be the number one target on the receiving team. So what are your thoughts on Ruggs? And does he kind of change your ranking? He was my four coming into this. I think right now he's probably my three, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, and again, this is landing spot dependent. Uh, I think I had him at like, Seven. Um, but all these wide receivers were all landing dependent for me because, uh, yeah, well, Judy and Judy, I believed could could be good anywhere, mainly because of the versatility in this game. Um, Justin Jefferson, I felt could be non-situational based. There's the possession kind of guys. Um, I, I feel like if a team just just uses them the way they should be used, uh, there's not really much adjustment in the rankings. But a guy like Ruggs really dependent on rankings, so I kept him relatively low. Um, I didn't love him. I thought he was very single, uh, single kind of dynamic. Oh my gosh, I just botched that. He's single. like one one dimensional kind of dimensional. Yeah. yeah, one dimensional. So yeah, you know, so he was quite one dimensional. So I was kind of just hoping, you know, maybe go to a good spot and he can actually climb the rankings. Uh, I think it's just so much easier just to rank the um, what is it, the five, the, the six receivers that went off. Uh, it, it's so much easier to kind of rank it like that. Um, so, starting with those top three, mine currently is Judy, Ruggs, um, and then honestly, Lamb, is, is, I, I would probably I'd probably look into a guy like Rieger or a guy like Jefferson. I, I don't like Ayuk, so I'm not a fan of him at all. He was my wide receiver 14 coming in, so not a fan of that move for them. But I think he, Ruggs, would, Ruggs would be sitting at two right now behind Judy. Yeah, I think it's, to me, the way this shook out, makes me excited because I'm not big on like taking dynasty in my rookie drafts, taking these receivers early because I know the values elsewhere. But to me this way, the way these shook out, I think there's going to be tons of value in the late dynasty drafts. Now we'll obviously go into that as we go through our rankings and stuff. And moving on here, Jerry Judy to my Broncos, John Elway wanted him. He didn't have to trade up to get him. either way. The way I looked at the Broncos draft was unless they get Kinlaw, they cannot make a bad pick. I think they were sitting in a perfect spot, not going to lie, I wanted Lamb instead of Judy when it came down to it, but I'll take Judy. 
I think that, I mean, in terms of vacated production, Judy comes in to Sanders' production last year. 44 targets, 367 yards, and two touchdowns. He's going to see a lot more than that. He's going to beat out Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton. He's going to be the number two um, receiving weapon outside of the running backs. But I think that he'll be uh, redraft. I think he'll be a wide receiver three. Dynasty, he's my wide receiver one right now. That's very unbiased. It's just because the way this offense is going to run, he's going to see loads of targets. He's going to... The, this boosts up everyone to me except for Philip Lindsay. I think that's the guy that only sees the only downgrade on this team. I guess Noah Fant, but we all know they were going to draft a receiver. Philip Lindsay is going to see less production in the receiving game, but Judy's going to see solid targets. Sutton's going to boost. Drew Locke's going to boost. I guess you could say Noah Fant. I don't know. To me, I just think this upgraded the whole Broncos offense. Um, and I think you said he was your wide receiver one, correct? Yeah. Um, came in as the one. I, I mean... Uh, again, C.D. Lamb kind of felt kind of felt like a little bit too much smoke instead of instead of actual overall talent. So I wasn't necessarily buying into him at all, um, not really at all. But like I wasn't really buying him in as much as as most people. So I was sitting him around the two, which which would be like, so yeah, you bought into him. Well, I did. It's just a lot of people were putting him at one, and I didn't really see that. Um, I, I saw Judy. Uh, be effective against SEC defenses, and I'm like, yep, that's good enough for me. So I, I was rolling with him, um, and I, you know what? I'm gonna still, I'm gonna still keep with it because I think him and Sutton are gonna be wonderful next to each other. Uh, I think, I think they go ahead and grab another wide receiver too. I mean, I agree. It, it, we were talking about it, and all the people that, okay, real quick, all the people that are not behind Lawrence Cager, please, please, please go watch important games for Georgia and, and tell me that Pickens is getting the reception. I mean, you're, you're a clown. You're a clown. Danny, watch the fucking tape. Anyways, um, if you get a guy like Kajer, we were talking about it, <clears throat> that's a beautiful thing because now you're getting two guys, uh, Judy, who really is just pure talent right now, and you get um, you get yourself, uh, gosh, I'm thinking of Pickens now. Goodness gracious. You get yourself Lawrence Kajer, and now, now you get a veteran presence uh, coming out of college which is poised for your offense. You get him, you can put him wherever you need to put him. He's an outside receiver, so that works. You can have Judy uh, Judy run the spot. You have Corlin Sutton, and you have uh, a little bit of a fight between Cager and Hamilton. you got a great receiving core there that's kind of been revamped. You have an amazing tight end who I very much back, and you got a young quarterback. That offense would be really efficient, and people won't be saying that much uh, about it hype-wise coming into the season. So, yes, I'll buy Judy. 100% right now. Yeah, I think that he, like I said, it's going to be interesting because we're going to break down these next guys. I don't know who's going to be the consensus one-on-one because we're just going to go right into it. CeeDee Lamb right here. Nope. We, right. we, I mean, we, we, it's not, here's where we're torn because it's a good pick. It's what I would have done if I was building a franchise just because like it's CeeDee Lamb, but it's not what the Cowboys needed type thing. So we all know it's a good pick, but we all know they have needs. CeeDee Lamb comes in with the most vacated production, but that doesn't mean that he's going to be the one-on-one. He comes in with 107 targets, 1,005 yards, and four touchdowns. That's because Randall Cobb and um, Tavon Austin, who actually saw a decent amount of work just because the way he was used last year for the Cowboys, are gone. Witten's gone. I didn't didn't include that because it's just at the wide receiver position. Yes, there's opportunity there, but those numbers are inflated because Gallup played 13 games and Amari Cooper's injured. You're not projecting those guys to get injured. You're projecting them to play a full 16-week game. And Zeke is still there. Tony Pollard's there. Mike McCarthy loves running the two-back system. But Mike McCarthy also was the most efficient, or Aaron Rodgers was, when he had three good receivers. So that's where I'm torn because 
I can't rank CeeDee Lamb as my one-on-one. Like, just based off, like, the way I play fantasy, the way that you look at anything, you cannot rank him there. But I could see the point where he's going to play the slot. To me, I think he will. I could see where he's easily going to overtake Gallup. Gallup's a free agent next year. He could easily be the two next year. So I can see where he might be the one-on-one, and I think he will just due to his name and his landing spot because everyone thinks it's really cool. So that's where I'm torn. I'm not saying that I'm not drafting CeeDee Lamb because if he's there, if I'm deciding between CeeDee Lamb and we'll say Ayuk and Rager, I'll probably go CeeDee Lamb because it's a dynasty that you're playing long-term. But uh, what are your what are your thoughts in terms of like the dynasty aspect? Because I think we both agree that it was probably not the best pick for the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, he's not in my top three. I'm going to find guys that are going to land in spots that are going to be better than him. He won't, as far as wide receiver, he won't be in my top. I don't think he'll be in my top ten. Um, I'm someone who plays, when I play dynasty, I play to win every year. Um because that's how you should be playing. Yeah, yep. Uh, you can play for the future all you want, but the future is very dependent on if things hit. And maybe you luck out, but then you still don't have guys that are proven on your roster and you're having issues. So from a dynasty aspect, good. If you can afford C.D. Lamb, you're in a league it, it, like early. If you can afford C.D. Lamb early, then you're in a league where you feel comfortable with that early pick that you can still afford to – to make some roster moves and, and make it to the playoffs. That should be the whole goal of Dynasty every year. Yeah, play for uh, play for the future, sure. But if, if you get land, you have to be comfortable with your receivers because you cannot start it. Um, I, I mean, sure, there may be an off chance where one guy goes down, but you can't you can't script that. You can't just say, okay, well, let's just uh, – Amari Cooper should go down here and then Dallas should go down here, so CeeDee Lamb should have this amount of targets. It, 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 you can't script it. You got to play it like they're all going to play every single game, um, which means I'm not going to want to touch Lamb. Yeah, it's just like interesting because we all know the situation. Everyone knows what happened, but I think he's going to be the consensus one on one. I think that's what's going to happen, and it's just like a fact. It's just a. It's like how we roll in here with Amari Cooper every year. We know he's good talent, but we know there's injury concerns. We know there's other weapons, but his ADP is always really high. So like it's kind of not that like I want to put it on the same team, but it's a similar concept here. All right, moving on to my wide receiver two. I'm actually, actually, sorry. We're going to go Joe and Rager first. Justin Jefferson, my wide receiver two. So Rager, not the pick we thought was going to happen here. I mean, to me though, I think it's a better pick in terms of like your overall aspect of your dynasty for the Eagles because they need linebacker and they need corner help, which I think they're going to hammer these next three picks. Yeah. So I like the Rager pick because I think we all know the upside Rager has. And I think the Eagles can get that out of him. I think Carson Wentz, Miles Sanders. I mean, I love. Um, I'm gonna. I don't know. Frick. Howie Roseman and gosh, their coach's name. Why can't I think of the coach's name right now? The Eagles, Doug, Doug Peterson. Yeah, I love their staff they built. They had Frank Reich, who's now part of Ballard on the Colts. I think they they do a great job of getting the most out of players. Not JJ Arcega Whiteside, but he sucks anyway. So that's why they didn't get it out of him. So yeah, I mean Rager here. I think he's probably. He's probably my three or four. It's between him and Ruggs because I think I have Judy Jefferson and then Rager slash Ruggs here. I think that Rager's going to see a lot of work. I think they're going to just use him all over the field. But Alshon Jeffrey, they can't get out of his contract. contract. So as long as he's healthy, he's going to get good targets. If Deshaun Jackson stays healthy, they're going to use him a lot. But I love the pick for the Eagles here. I think they made a statement with this pick to me. because I think, I think they're just saying that we feel confident in this guy to break out into mold with our receiving weapons. So what are your thoughts with um, Rager here 
just an overall dynasty and just the pick in general? I would say it's like um, probably looking at my top 10, probably a guy that needs the most work. I, I don't know if that's what they needed. I feel like they really – I mean, Jefferson was on the board. Like you needed a guy who was going to be able to step on the offense and be efficient immediately, and they didn't get that. Like I, I don't – I don't really get the pick from their circumstance. I know they were going to go wide receiver, but why take him? Um, you, you took a project, which is fine, but if he doesn't pan out, you're you're kind of right back where you were. I don't really love that. Um, there's a lot of work that's got to be done um, with him, which is fair. He's got raw talent. I just I, I struggle to get behind why they decided to go there. Um, but you know what? If you think you can work with it and you can you can make him efficient, it's going to take time, but Sure, sure. Go after it, though. Yeah, I mean, it basically just shows that they're super confident in him um, outside of his production last year, which we've talked about it many different times. Bad quarterback, TCU's bad offense, whatever. He's an elite athlete, and I think if it works, it's going to work big. Like, I, before we talked, I said, like, Julio Jones. Like, they're trying to draft their next alpha male receiver, and I think that this definitely could be it here. So, I, I don't mind it. I think the Eagles are, even if it doesn't work, they still won the division last year, and they still competed with Seattle with Carson Wentz getting hurt. So either way, they're still a good team. So I don't think they're worried about it like too much. But next up here, I, I'm just going to start off by saying this. The Vikings had a killer draft. They had a killer round one. Yeah. They get, a, they get a guy that, like, I don't think – I never would have thought he was going to be here. I thought the Eagles were the last resort. I could have easily saw Justin Jefferson going, like, to the Broncos if the, if the receivers fall too. First off, Justin Jefferson, he comes in with vacated production of 110 targets, 1,300 yards, and seven touchdowns. And he plays the slot, and Adam Thielen only played the slot on 31% of his routes last year. Jefferson is going to come in and be a target hog. That's why he's my number two. I honestly might even put him in my number one just to be different and have a little fun with it. Come our rookie rankings video next week. But I love this fit. I think you get a guy that everyone wanted Denzel Mims and Rager and all those guys. They were not going to take a chance at a receiver. This team is in win-now mode. They just needed – they got rid of Diggs. They bring in Jefferson, who's going to give you similar production, and they added a third – I think a second, third, fourth, if I remember right, or maybe two-thirds and a fourth. I don't remember what the exact haul was. But then they they got him. Literally just insert Stephon Diggs' production. Your offense is set. Maybe you get some O-line pieces. But now they can just focus on their defense. So, like, at this point in the draft, I was like, oh, dude, they're, like, they're set – they have everything they need now to go attack the defense. So what are your thoughts and where do you have Jefferson ranked? Uh, so he's, he's still pretty good in, in my rankings. Again, I mean, we, we just mentioned it. I, I kind of love the Eagles fit and I, I felt like I was quite attached to it, but you know, I mean, how much can I complain too much? I, I still have, I still have, um, goodness gracious, I forgot his name. I still have Judy above him. Uh, I really like Judy. Uh, with with his landing spot, so um, Jefferson is a really good possession receiver, and I think he could be he could be effective. Yeah, I mean, so. like it's the thing with Jefferson is the two like he's the most beneficial because he lands on a team that's ready to compete. I think is where where he was kind of in a good spot. Um, I was with my buddy who's a Patriots fan, and I was like, dude, if you guys can get Jefferson, like wheels up. I know they had the whole Nikhil Harry bust thing last year, but like I think. I, Perfect. I mean, I think I was big on him as my wide receiver three anyways, and now I think he's going to be my two, maybe my one, which is kind of biased, I guess, but it's whatever. And then last up here for the receivers, and then we'll kind of just do a little bit of a short recap. Brandon Ayuk. Nope. Let's, just, let's just start off with they traded back one spot 
added a fourth round pick because the Bucks wanted Wurfs. Whole different conversation as to maybe the Niners wanted Wurfs, which they could. They need a guard and maybe a tackle when Staley retires. So whatever. They didn't. It's a whole different conversation. So they traded back, added a fourth. Then they move up from 31, giving that same fourth, and I think it was an extra fifth or a third to get Brandon Ayuk. So here's the thing. Here's the thing with this, though. Ayuk is a machine in terms of yard after catch. So is Debo Samuel. So is George Kittle. So he stuck to his guns with, they're just going to be burn you after the catch, which is how this, it's how this team's efficient. Like, I'm glad that he stuck with it. The part that I don't get is, why did you pass on Judy, Lamb, uh, not Rux, Judy and Lamb at 13, even 14, even when you traded back, you could have gotten Judy and Lamb in a fourth for who you could have got at 13. I get that you want to Kinlaw, I get you want to fill your D tackle, but this it is, it's so weird because they don't have a second, third or fourth round pick. So they added that fourth and I'm like, okay, just take your Kinlaw and then go take your receiver at 31 or trade out of 31. And then they retrade that pick to get IU. So it's just a little bit interesting. IU has a lot of upside. We, he's from a Juco one year guy. So I, it's, it's very intriguing. I don't know where I'm going to have him ranked. He comes in with 53 targets, 502 yards and three touchdowns. Emmanuel Sanders production. Obviously he's gone, but Jalen Hurd's still coming back. They have Kendrick Bourne. I think they're going to try and figure out the whole running back stable somehow. I don't, what are your thoughts and where do you maybe, I don't want to say ceiling of rankings because we still have the rest of the receivers, but where do you think his floor will be on your rankings? Um, bad. And Debo goes down. You know. So now you got two receivers in that offense that I think are just going to be attacking each other. And um, not, not actually, but like as far as volume, it, none of them are, it's going to be so unpredictable. How, how are you going to be able to actually predict who's going to be the most effective in that offense? I don't think you can. <clears throat> so you're kind of sitting in a situation where, okay, both both guys are going to struggle every single week in and out. Not actually, but on fantasy-wise, because who's actually going to be getting the most targets that week? Who's going to be the most effective? Who will score a touchdown? Don't play that game. Just don't play that game. It, it's not fun. Now you've got five running backs or whatever the hell they have. you got two receivers that are the exact same. And now they're just going to be playing with each other. And not, none of that offense is going to really be fantasy relevant. And people are going to keep trying to play the game of who's going to be the most effective today. It's like, don't play that game. It's a waste of your time. Um, it, it sucks. It sucks that they went with IU. I don't like this at all. He's my wide receiver 14 as it is. So I'm like, this, this guy is not as good of a possession receiver as, as some other guys in his class. Yet he has a speed. But you basically just drafted Debo again. I don't like this at all. Like, I don't know what was their thought process. I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's just that I, I didn't want them to take a big-name receiver because that's not how this offense runs. They don't run through a one receiver. So, like, I think this is the best fit for their team, but I think it was a reach to me. I think they could have traded back, acquired a third-round, fourth-round pick. Basically what they did at pick 13. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely interesting. He was, like, my wide receiver 12, and that was just because he's completely landing spot dependent. I think this is his good landing spot. But we'll see how it kind of plays out with the rest of the receivers here. So that's about it for the positional guys. Um, I say let's go in here. Just give me one pick just in terms of overall like football or overall the draft that you really, really like. That's your favorite pick um, or like best value or whatever. What's your favorite pick? Uh, Chase on ball and all the – jeez, I'm sorry. My throat is dying. We were live for like five hours last night. So Chase on to, uh, <laughs> to the uh, Vikings at, at – 20-something. I mean, that was ridiculous. 
he should have fallen that far. Uh, they're my, they're my, they won, they won the draft. I mean, you got Chase on, and and you got uh, CJ Henderson, Henderson, CJ Henderson. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's just ridiculous, like what they were able to to acquire. Um, honestly, hats off to them. They they had a great draft. Yeah, they stuck to their guns. They still have all their picks. If Nagakwe wants to come back, they basically told Nagakwe. I read about it this morning. They're like, we'll welcome you back with open arms, but if you want out, like, you're going to get traded for cheap type thing. So I think it will be interesting to see where they go with here. My favorite pick, kind of interesting. I'm not a big Browns fan, but that Jedrick Wills pick was amazing to me. Their whole line is good. They got they got Conklin. I'm going to be all over Nick Chubb, all over Kareem Hunt, um, and Dynasty and Redraft. I know that the whole Nick Chubb with Kareem Hunt, but then you got to take into account that they might trade Odell. Stefanski is the coach. Remember Stefanski last year with two running backs? Madison saw good work. Madison is Kareem Hunt to me. I don't know. I'm just all over this Jedrick Wills pick. I think that not in a million years they would have thought Jedrick Wills was their guy here, but I think it was a steal. Um, yeah, and I mean, we could talk about the Bucks getting Tristan Wirfs and how that they got the complete steal of the draft, and that's just not fair, but that's a whole different conversation for Bush to attack there. So yeah, so this is our short 33-minute short recap, but we're going to get this posted out. Uh, we're going to do a round two recap coming out probably in the next 20 minutes, so be looking out for that round two preview. And then we're live streaming tonight at 6.30 Eastern, so stay tuned. See you next time.